The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. Network encourages you to forget the past, face it, and move on with the... Wake up, everyone. It's time for The Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. He'd be really bad at it. He'd be shooting at everything. Basically over. What happened? What happened? Uh, Mr. President, the uh, game just ended. It just uh, passed your screen a little late now, so it's unbelievable on Saturday. Finally, after, and this came out today as well, eight days, our government knew for eight days about this thing, and then just let it float across the continental U.S., uh, up over missile facilities and things like that, and then you wait till it crosses the whole thing, and then you shoot it down. Uh, I'll talk about that tomorrow on the show, as well as uh Earlier today, I went to see at the theater the final two episodes of Chosen Season 3. I want to talk about that uh, tomorrow, but we'll set all that aside and spend our hour with our good friend David Fisher, Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. David, how are you? I'm doing good. So maybe President Biden might say, oh, you mean I'm supposed to shoot the balloon? Is that what this game's about? (laughs) Hey, just think. Hey, Joe, just think like you're back at the county fair when you're a wee little lad hanging out with all the Latino people in Delaware. And you go up to the game where you shoot the either shoot the the balloon with the little BB gun or you throw a dart at it. But the whole point, Joe, is to pop the balloon. But no, we'll, we'll wait till the eight days go by and then we'll do it. Anyway, it's great to have you. It is the first full Monday of the month of February. Uh, happy uh, birthday a couple days ago to our daughter, uh, Amelia, who turned 25. And then we've got our son, Clay, who's also a father. He turns uh, 22 on Valentine's Day. And then I turn later in the month. And so, so February is a big month. I didn't know uh, it was a number. <laughs> it is in my world, David. So you're your numbers guy. You're going to miss this one today. Just let it go. Anyway, first uh, full Monday of the month, we spend the full hour with David, we always have a lot that builds up when that we can only do so much with our Money Monday updates. But uh, about, I think it's uh, coming uh, coming up on our seventh year yeah. doing this, David, which is shocking to me. I can't believe that much time's gone by already. I'm like a uh, a disease, or, or no, I'm your best friend, is what I am. No, yeah, you're a, so- you're my dear brother in Christ, and whether you like me or not, you're <laughs> stuck with me forever. So that's just the deal. Uh, but it's great to have you back as always. Well, well, I, we're not going to spend too much time on the Chinese balloon thing. I don't know. No. Uh, do you think there's any kind of hidden meaning there? Of course, the, I don't think the markets are going to react to that. Uh, but it certainly could, uh, pun intended, balloon from there, depending on what we discover and what they discover if they release anything. But what, what are your thoughts on that? We've got a lot of things to talk about today. We do have a lot of things. So I just want to briefly touch on this. This is just why am I bringing this up? Because we don't talk about politics usually. We don't talk about countries like this, but it's just another piece of the puzzle that says China is coming after mm. the United States. They're going at us now, surveillance with military. We already knew that. This confirms that. Whether they try to go us after us, you know, financially with their digital currency, the their gold backed currency, the yuan, where they sell dollars, they get other countries to join forces. This is just another piece of the puzzle that says 
China is playing the long game, and they want to be the ruler of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. plain and simple. So every time we look at uh, anything we buy and it says made in China, David, we should probably be asking for the Lord to uh, protect America and protect us from some of the ineptitude in our leadership. But China is not our friend. That's why when, a, when an enemy state, and I don't have a problem calling China that, I'm sure they look at us that way. When an enemy state flies a low-level, slow-moving spying device across your pretty much your entire country, and you do nothing, you, you send a message to the world, and the messages that the United States government sends, particularly the Biden administration, uh, ultimately affects people's trust and faith in America, and that goes to our dollar and everything else. So while there may not be a direct, obvious financial uh, uh, link to what happened with this whole balloon thing from a geopolitical perspective, there certainly is, and that always filters down into dollars. So, so there's that. Last week, uh, Joe Biden, and he's doing his State of the Union address tomorrow night, David. And uh, last week, boy, he sure is proud of the economy. He's talking about how bad it was when Trump was the president, and then he's acting like everything is uh, is coming up roses right now. I saw a. Uh, Record number of Americans say they're worse off, according to an ABC News Washington Post poll. 41% of Americans say they're in tougher financial situations since Biden inauguration. He's saying the exact opposite. He's acting like we've never had it so good. So what say you? Yeah, and, and that same poll said 16% said they're uh, better off. The numbers with Trump were um, completely yeah. the opposite. So, yeah, I saw the poll, too. I don't think President Biden's going to mention that 57% of the Americans can't afford a $1,000 emergency expense. He's probably going to mention that. Yeah. He's probably not going to mention that 25% of millennials are living with their parents or having their parents pay their rent, mortgage, or utilities, uh, or 19% of all Americans are asking subsidization, subs- subsidizing from family members uh, because they can't make the bills. Uh, so I don't think we're going to hear that. I think we're going to hear exactly what you said. Um, but I wouldn't pay attention to all of that because, you know, even though the CPI number, the inflation number, which tells us how high inflation is, which is high, not the highest, right? 80s, 70s and 80s were higher, late 70s. Um, but it's still high. The question is, is it under control? And I don't think it's under control, it's but I think point. that's the picture he's going to say. But let's look at why that was. And I don't know if I mentioned this on your program or not, but the Biden administration dumped 250 million barrels from the strategic petroleum reserves here. That's what drove the price of oil down. That's why the CPI number came down yeah. 2%. But oil is moving back up. And so is the cost of food. I don't know if you ch- uh, checked the price of meat here recently, but it's just off the charts. Meat is going up. Uh, there's indications that, yes, we're doing good in some ways, but there's also major indicators that prices are going to go up. When you look at copper, when you look at gasoline, when you look at oil, when you look at diesel, when you look at and those, all the farming uses those products. Yeah, yep. Just about anything you buy is connected to that. Therefore, I think we're going to see the CEPI number not fall as much as people perceive it's going to. Yeah. Who knows? It might even go up because we're not out of this out of the woods yet. Yeah, and, and then he's, he was talking last week, and I'm sure he's going to trump at this tomorrow night. He's like, hey, inflation's coming down. It's coming down every month since the last six months. But it's like, hey, yeah, we, we the whole facility is on fire, but we've uh, put out uh, 20% of it. Yeah, but 80% of it's still on fire, sir, and inflation was at 1.2% when he came into office. It's still over 6% now. There's a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back with David Fisher. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. It is a full Money Monday with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com. Nice to have a little cheery music there. Uh, hopefully the weather's gotten a little better where you're at. It's a little better here and a beautiful sunny day, but uh, not always so sunny when we talk about finances and what's going on out there in the world and be ready for tomorrow night, which is going to be Joe Biden's State of the Union address. That's tomorrow, February 7th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. He's going to paint a very rosy picture. And so all the pain that you're experiencing at the pump, at the grocery stores and your bills, that's not real. Uh, what the what the president says is real. So just remember that uh, tomorrow that, in fact, the emperor uh, is not naked. The emperor <laughs> is dressed. And so you just need to buy along with what's going on there. But, David, again, thanks for your time. It's always great to be with you. And uh, yeah, and he's going to act like this year is going to be uh, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. It's going to be great. Uh, but nobody's really feeling that way. And like you mentioned, we were talking about the same poll. Only 16% of the people polled, and this was ABC, okay? It's not like this is a Fox News poll. ABC, only 16% said they, that they're doing better, which means 84% of us are like, yeah, no, it's worse. Yeah, Washington Post, they're they're pretty easy on President yeah. Biden and the, the whole uh, Democrats. And so the poll is uh, probably misconstrued a little bit of the real across the board, what people are really facing. And so, you know, we're probably also going to mention we added 517,000 jobs here recently. Which was way more than the the, uh, economists predicted, of course. Yeah. You know, and I like I like I want our country to do well. I want our our economy to flourish. But I want an economy that does not is not dependent upon government spending. Right. And I want an economy that's not dependent upon creating debt out of thin air so that we can perpetuate a growing economy. And I want an economy that doesn't rely on the Federal Reserve or other central banks around the world that has to buy our debt to make this thing work. Right. We've gone in down this rabbit hole that it's a dead end tunnel, that there's a wolf at the end of it, that it's just gonna kill us. And so it's a misleading economy because the whole core fundamentals are thrown off. It's all debt driven. And at the end of the day, you cannot survive over a long right. period of time right. with that type of economy. And that's why we talk about here's the other side of things. Yeah, there's what you're being sold and then there's reality. And those are always two different things. And and when you have an economy that's being propped up by the government printing money, by the government fusing, they're just monkeying around with everything. OK, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You got this little dude behind the curtain that's really running the show. And, and there's so much that the government does that affects the economy. And that's why you have to uh, be careful. You got to walk into all this very cynical and uh, not trust anything completely. You got to get look at different news sources, do a little of your own homework, and then uh, plus there's the reality of everybody, uh, both on on Facebook Live and uh, on Rumble today, David. Everybody's like, "Yep, groceries and gas for the most part," but all of us groceries, I mean, thirty forty percent higher than last year. So we uh, we know the reality. So don't buy, but it'll be entertaining tomorrow night to watch that. So so last um, Wednesday, the Fed raised rates. Uh, the market's obviously uh, saying that's wrong and the Fed needs, needs to pivot. They need to start lowering rates. Uh, but the Fed obviously doesn't seem too interested in following the market in that. So what, what's going on there and why is the market so adamant about it? So this is the story that we heard all last year, like six or seven times, maybe eight times. And each time the, the market said this, the Fed came back with roaring force and said, you guys got it wrong. We have to keep raising rates until inflation is under control. Uh, so the, the reason the market doesn't like it is because raising rates is not good for the stocks. Look what happened last year. They raised rates from a quarter of a point to four and a half percent. And the market was down 
10% to 34%, depending on which index you're talking yeah. about. So it's not good for stocks versus lower interest rates since 2008 until 2020 have spurred the market on. And that was really good for the market, low interest rates with a lot of Fed uh, printing of money called quantitative easing and government spending. Those That was really good for stocks. That was really good for gold and silver. It was really good for real estate. But now we're in this different environment. We're paying the price of all that because it piled up on us post-COVID when they sent out this enormous amounts of funding that the government did to the consumer and businesses. Right. So the market is saying, don't do this because the market doesn't like that. And here's some of the market prognosticators, Mike Wilson, who's worked for Morgan Stanley, and he's been moving against the, the verbiage that most of Wall Street has been saying. He's been saying the market's going to go down, and he's been spot on. He's saying, again, the market is going to fall another 20%. Mm. Just saying this here in the last two weeks. Uh, Paul Singer, billionaire hedge fund manager, he joined in the club last week, and he said, the bear market isn't over, and that a drop of 20% is likely not enough. Yikes. He said the valuations of the market is higher today than before the crash of 1929 and before the crash of the dot-com bubble era of 2000. Mm. So just be careful because the market may dictate all it wants to dictate, but it's also overvalued by the metrics that billionaires are using and hedge fund managers and people who run big companies like Morgan Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. A, a side note. There is an 80 million dollar bet put in the market last week against the Fed. Betting on interest rates are going to come down will cut below 4.2% by the year end. So they're saying this guy's there's a, this is actually public knowledge. It was put out by Secure Overnight Financing Rate or so far. And it's a $80 million bet that if the Fed lowers rates this year to 2.5%, the return of profit margin will be $400 million. Wow. So there's people out there that are adamant that believe the Fed is going to reverse, pivot. And the reason they believe this, because every single time a country or our country has got in this financial predicament, they've always had to pivot because they can't keep rates so high and pay off and pay this interest. Right. The interest on the on debt, debt now is $1.2 trillion. Just four years ago, it was $440 billion. Wow. So it's changed the landscape of financing our debt. And so traders know that there's going to be this, somebody's going to give in, either their dollar's going to give in, the yeah. government's going to give in, there's going to go bust, or the Fed will have to give in. And the Fed doesn't want to let the government go bust. So that's why they're saying, based upon history, the Fed is going to give. They're putting an $80 million bet against us. I just can't even fathom that. Yeah. We'll see who's right. Yeah, pretty, pretty remarkable to watch this happening. And of course, you always have to remember, people in the market want the market to go up. And uh, most of them, that's how they make their money. And so the Fed, the market's not going to go up 
unless the Fed starts uh, cutting rates. But all of that is irresponsible. It's all about making money now. It's not about the ultimate financial stability of the nation or, or you and me. It's all about people making money uh, that are uh, quite a bit up the food chain. And I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a Marxist or a socialist because I'm not. I'm just talking about the realities of what's going on out there. Uh, set up real quick for us, and then we'll dive into this more. Uh, the Kind of the, the new white paper, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which you can get at David's website. We'll talk about that, too. But just set that up. What are we going to talk about when we come back? We're going to go right to the ugly part. Uh, we can briefly mention the good and the bad. Okay. And uh, then we'll go right into the ugly and uh, how, why, why and how might trigger some of the ugliness. Yeah. I don't want to be a doomsday, but there's too many components yeah. out there. That and we'll talk about that on the other side of the break as well as a word you haven't heard in a while, perhaps. Derivatives. We'll be right back. I woke up this morning And I heard the news I know the pain of a heart So we'll probably just punt that week and then we'll we'll fit it in the week I after don't that. Have We'll figure it out. I'll talk to you about it before we get And neither you I know the pain of a heart Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. The Steve Noble Show, a full Money Monday today with our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. His website, LandmarkGold.com, as always. And I uh, got my hands on David's brand new white paper, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which he's going to tell you how you can get a copy of it. And this is uh, – don't let this uh, – uh, intimidate you. It's actually qu- pretty easy to read. Uh, very simple, readable English. It's not uh, you know t- uh, fifty thousand acronyms and a bunch of terms you don't know. It's it's very uh, well written and plain language. So very informative. Just eight pages. Uh, but it, but the title of it, of course, the good, the bad, and the ugly. David. So let's start with that. And and uh, what good can there possibly be? Because there hasn't been a lot of good news, at least in the last year or so. So if, if this guy that's bidding eighty million dollars is right, the Fed does pivot. That's going to be good, not necessarily in some aspects. But right. Here's what are we good for the market? Right. Stocks would love it. We would see a massive stock market rally. Oh yeah. So that would be good. Uh, wouldn't change the economy. Wouldn't change spending. Wouldn't change taking care of our debt. But we would have a good rally in an asset class that a lot of us have money in. We'd also have a, an incredible rally in gold and silver. Last time the Fed pivoted in 2009, and they did this thing called quantitative easing, gold rallied, real estate rallied. Well, real estate popped, and then it rallied. Right. <laughs> um, yes. And then um, stocks popped, and then they rallied. Gold uh, outperformed the stock market by a two-to-one ratio wow. in its rallying. So if the Fed pivots, it will be good for probably these three assets, real estate, stocks and precious metals and probably in that order precious metals being at the top because that's what happened last time yeah uh i don't think the fed's going to pivot though not the whole year they've said it too many times they don't want to take a chance they have to get inflation under control they're unanimous uh they've lost their integrity they're it's in question and uh, 100 percent of the fed board is saying we're not going to lower rates this year no matter what so if the Fed is consistent in what they're saying and they follow through, which they're not always, and they don't pivot that, and they keep raising rates or keep rates high, that means it could be bad. Yeah. What was bad? Last year they did this and markets were down 10 to 34%. And the gold physical markets went up, uh, gold and silver went up 10 to 21%. 
So that was a hedge against those things. That's why you want to have some diversification in your portfolio. If this thing gets ugly, and it might not get ugly this year, although it could, but 2024, it the uh, the International Monetary Fund says the world is going to retract and it's going to be a full global recession. So either this year or next year, it could get really ugly. But I'm not referring to a recession is just one thing. They're coming out with this Fed digital currency this year, more than likely. That could get really ugly. There's this fight with Saudi Arabia no longer selling oil only in dollars, selling it in yuan, selling it in rubles, selling it in whatever currency they want to take payment in. Uh, so the dollar's getting kicked off the pedestal. That could get really ugly in financing our debt, especially if the Fed doesn't pivot and lowers rates. It keeps escalating them. The other thing that could make it really ugly is that if the derivative market, which is what brought down the whole financial system in 2008, that was derivatives. A derivative is just a, a financial instrument that is a legal bet on Wall Street that is usually tied into interest rates, just like this gentleman is betting $80 million in an interest rate bet. Yeah, derivative is a created uh, instrument, an, uh, an inv- quote-unquote investment opportunity that they did right. back especially with the real estate world. And when that all collapsed in 2008, part of that was because the derivatives, because they were selling debt on the debt on the debt. I mean, everybody's doubling down. Exactly. Okay. So should we talk about derivatives? Sure. Yeah. Cause that's a big so, deal. Right now there's 1.2 quadrillion, not trillion, quadrillion, <laughs> 1.2 quadrillion. It's a big number yeah. of derivatives in the world in banks most of these derivatives are tied to bets on interest rates. So if Bank of America is betting, I'm just using this as an example. Yeah, yeah. Bank of America is betting that rates are going to go up. Deutsche Bank bets that rates are going to go down. They both bet. They both put up money. They both buy this thing called a security called a derivative. And other banks bet on top of those bets. And other banks bet on top of those bets. That's why it's a domino chain. Like what happened in 2008, it was just systemic and just dominoed everything. And somebody's going to lose because they're betting opposite. There's always, it's like there's a winner and a loser in this bet. Yeah. Just like when you buy stock, somebody loses money when you buy a stock. If you, if you make money in that stock, somebody's betting against it. Well, this is a bigger thing because it's leverage money. And, and the cryptocurrency market here, FTX, is a prime example of leverage money. Again, so leverage money is not like this weird, uh, weird platypus thing that you know the platypus was an animal that right. was it was fake it was, what do you mean this thing has it looks like a beaver and it's a duck at the same time and they said it was <laughs> fake until it came, it came out no it was a real thing and derivatives were a real thing and they still are a still real are. problem yeah so in in 2008 the derivative market was 84 trillion dollars sick but it leveraged up to 684 trillion that's why it Brought wow. down Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, and 220-some U.S. banks. They went under. There was not enough money in the government to bail them all out. That's why we have the bail-in, by the way. That's a whole other problem that we could see with the FDIC yeah, admitting, yeah. we really are going to take your money. I mean, watch the video at my, at my website. So, in, But putting this into perspective, in 2001, the derivative market was only $227 trillion, not $684 trillion. So right now, fifty trillion of, of of derivatives is held by J.P. Morgan alone. 
Wow. That's a lot of money at one financial institution. So we talk about this too big to fail. Yeah. $50 trillion. If they, if people bet against them, they would not have enough money to no. bail themselves out. No, they'd be gone. So the, the global market mafia, financial mafia, is the Bank of, of International Settlements. They're in Basel, Switzerland, who basically rules the banking on the planet. They have uh, structured something to protect banks from being taken down from this derivative exposure. That's where this thing called the bail-in came from. They put it together, the Bank of International Settlements, because of what happened in the derivative market. So what's happening is they're reinforcing once again that this bail-in, we're seeing it from all the agencies, the FDIC, that who knows? I've done so much extensive research it's like the derivative market has gotten so big, they can't even fathom how big it is right now. Right. But it is much bigger than 2008. And yes, banks have more money that they got to fall back on. But again, JP Morgan does not have $50 trillion, but they have $50 trillion in derivatives. It's not enough money. If they went under, we would see a significant domino effect. So we're not counting out this whole banking thing because with bank interest rates, with interest rates high now, it's harder for banks to make money. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they how do they make most of their money? In derivatives. So who knows? The derivative market could turn into an implosion. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. You have to keep your eyes on that. And again, that's all these people out there just trying to figure out ways to make money, whether the market's going up or down sideways. Interest rates, and so they create uh, these little tools, in this case derivatives. And they're all over the place, and they're all continuing to figure out a way to make money. Uh, on the market, regardless of which way it goes, but it always comes with a price. And we saw that in 2008, and it looks like uh, the potential is there. And again, with a bail-in, everybody, it's to go bail out. The, bail out the government's got enough money to deal with it. When it's a bail-in, they have to go outside of themselves. And a bigger source of, of money is yours and mine collectively uh, on a nationwide basis. That's happened 12-plus uh, times around the world. And and the government is set up for that because that's the that's the video you had. We, t- we played that video before, David, a few weeks back. And that's on your YouTube page, right, of, of members. Of, was it the FDIC actually talking about the bail-in? So this is from the November. Looks, here's what it looks like. It's from the November meeting because the, the December meeting is public. The whole uh, two hours of the meeting is you can watch it on YouTube. The October meeting, you can watch the whole two hours on YouTube. But the November meeting got yanked. Somebody took a three and a half minute videotape of it because the very essence of that videotape, they're debating, should we let the public know there's a bail in? Should we not let them know? And all the questions and, you know, I don't know if we should let them know because if there's a problem with my insurance company, they're going to let me know. All I know is I I just want them to pay my claim. So that's telling us that there is a problem. There is not enough money at the FDIC for the board members of the FDIC telling us should we let the public know that this is a problem or not (laughs) so there and then the other board member says well they need to know that there's going to be that there is a bail-in and there's going to be one and i'm paraphrasing but go to my website landmarkgold.com click on the television icon and you can watch the three and a half minute video it's the most startling thing i've seen i thought we were gonna yeah somebody asked me hey david off the record do you really think there's going to be a bailout? Just <laughs> right. this last week, somebody asked me that, and I said, "Well, on or off the record, it's still the the same answer." Right? Yeah, yeah. Prior and they were talking about this- it. Yep. And the thing that was really, and we got it, we're up against the break. The thing that's really disturbing about that video, and I'll put a link up on the Facebook Live and Rumble feeds here in a minute, is how uh, little they think of us, the plebeians. We'll be right back with David Fisher. 
emotional, the depth of my emotional reaction. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. It's good to be with you. A full Money Monday with our good friend David Fisher today. Landmark Capital, uh, landmarkgold.com as always. And we were working our way through David's most recent white paper, uh, which is about eight pages, but don't let that scare you. It's very easy to read. If I can read it, you can read it. Uh, eight pages, the good, the bad, and the ugly. David, if people want to uh, read through that for themselves, which I would highly, strongly encourage everybody just to read that, to educate yourself, uh, people perish for lack of wisdom and knowledge. So how, if people want to get that paper, how do they do it? A simple way. Give us a call, 844-604-2575. I know you're probably not expecting a phone number, so I'll say it again. <laughs> 844-604-2575. Or they can go to our website, landmarkgold.com. It is, in the history of 28 years of all the writings I've done, it's probably the most simplest mm understood writing and that's the the backdrop on why i wrote it because this is such an important outlook on where because we're having so many things thrown out this year that we've never had before very complicated one of the things we started talking about this last year and they're moving pretty quick on this is the fed digital dollar so help us understand what's the fed digital dollar is that basically like another cryptocurrency type thing and uh are they going to launch it i mean how big could that be just even this year so there's we don't know a whole lot as far as you know when they're going to launch it. Will it be a full launch? Will we do away with paper money? I had a lady who's who's a believer came up to me and says, "Hey, you're that you know re, on uh, on over the weekend on Sunday. Um, hey, you're that gold guy, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I I heard about you. you uh-huh. know, yes, I'm, I'm that guy. Somehow <laughs> they connect me in the church and they found that I was that guy. Anyway. Um, so I was saying, she was asking me, I got to know about this digital currency. Tell me everything you know. I said, well, there's not a whole lot, but here's, I'm going to summarize in a few few sentences. So it's a central bank digital currency. It would be directly issued by the Federal Reserve. We who, we don't know how far this would go, Steve. And this is what I was telling this very nicely. There's some people out there saying, the extremists are saying, you won't have your bank account anymore. There won't be any paper money anymore. This could be the mark of the beast. And right. You know, and all these things that are really extreme things. And I kind of brought her down from the cliff and I said, listen, I don't believe any of those things. I mean, I believe the market beast is real. Sure. I believe they could do these things, but I don't think they're going to do it like yesterday. You could use your paper money today. Right. You right. can't. And now you have to use Fed digital currency. I think there's going to be a transition. Maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm too trustworthy. Maybe I'm too conservative, farm boy. Um, but it didn't work this way in China. They did not turn off the spigot one day where you could not have paper money the next day. In fact, the Chinese have a digital currency out, but they also use paper money. Yeah, both. China people still have their bank account. It didn't get taken over, and they're communist. We are not. So this is why I don't think our country is going to go that far. But eventually, we will be in a cashless society. Mm-hmm. We might have all the banking under one centralized bank called the Federal Reserve. And realistically, there is no real reason to launch a digital currency. Transactions are fast enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're fast and safe enough. Sure. So this is not about safety or how quick the transaction is being applied. But that's why they're saying this. I think they're just trying to compete with the other cryptocurrencies because the 
constitution says only the government has the right to coin money and a cryptocurrency is now being used as money so the fed says if they're going to do that i gotta do it with a digital currency but who knows this could be the ultimate hail mary pass of where the dollar's falling apart we can't finance our debt and who comes to the rescue the fed with the digital currency that's right and they take over the whole system and control the whole thing. I wouldn't put it that too far that that could no. actually be the underlying reason for all this. No, not at all. And in, 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 uh, that, in that whole description, and thank you for that, David, was the C word, which is not coin, it's control. And ultimately, exactly. the Fed, as we, uh, David and I were talking on the break, as I pulled up the, uh, you want to have a great app on your phone if you ever really want to get de- really depressed, just get the U.S. Debt Clock app on your phone. And up at the top, you'll see right now thirty-one trillion five hundred thirty-eight billion forty-one million, and it goes up a hundred thousand about every four seconds. But if you go down to the bottom, then you see U.S. unfunded liabilities. These are out over the next fifty years, and right now it's one hundred eighty-one trillion unfunded liabilities plus the thirty-one and a half that we already have. And then you go, okay, that becomes untenable, absolutely untenable. You can't even afford the interest rates. So where's the? What's the Fed going to do? How do they? Now you just got to take control of everything. And if you have a, a digital currency, well, then they control everything. So if they need to dip into their people, that would be a bail-in and say, okay, listen, either we do this or we all go under. And then most people, like out of fear, just like we saw with COVID, this fine. I'll put on the mask. Fine, I won't. I won't go out. Fine. Uh, as long as we're going to survive, then go ahead. I understand the digital dollar. And then they just get more control. I mean, this it starts to sound wacky, but not really. I mean, we sh- we've all it's, seen enough in the last five years. Nobody should be thinking this is this sounds like a conspiracy theory because it isn't. And they're actually working on it. It's the platypus thing. Right. It's, sounds wacky, but it's real. But it's real. Uh, and that's where we're going. And that's where we're going. So we'll keep talking about that and keeping an eye on that. Thank you, as always. Uh, gold and silver, we we're, we exchanged some information over the weekend about uh, the central bank and all the big boys buying gold last year. It was a, it was a really a shocking number. Yeah, 1,136 tons. So let me put this. That's how much central banks added to their gold holdings just last year. That's about $70 billion dollars. This is, according to the World Gold Council, their report, this is by far the most central banks have bought any given year. Last year, they bought more gold than any given year going all the way back 55 years wow. to 1967. So this says this is this is a huge thing. That's why you saw gold run up here in the last month and a half of, of the year. Yeah. Because in, the, in uh, December, China bought 100 tons of gold. China alone. Wow. They bought other gold purchases during the year. Uh, Turkey bought some gold. Egypt, Qatar bought some gold. Um, but about two-thirds of the gold bought by central banks last year were not publicly reported. Mm-hmm. So the 1,136 uh, tons of gold, that's a publicly reported number. But there's two-thirds more purchases out there is speculated above that miraculously wow. highest number in history, which bottom line, this tells us and one more thing before the bottom line, it doesn't mention the United States buying any gold. Yeah. How about that? In fact, for decades, all the world gold report council, all the world gold council reports, no, the United States hasn't bought any gold. Wow. So this tells us 
What do they have to do? Sell dollars? They bought gold. They're moving away from the dollar. World central banks are moving aggressively away from the dollar and aggressively towards gold. They, When they do this in droves and they do it in more movement, in other words, more purchases than normal, usually historically this has told us that there's a big financial problem coming. So they have an innate way of depicting the future. Yeah. In 2005, six and seven, they bought enormous amounts of gold. Look what happened in 2008. We had bank problems. We mm-hmm. had global financial problems. They're doing the same thing in 2018, 19, and 20. 20 was a hiccup because of, of COVID, but 21 and 22, it just kept ramping up. So this is telling us that central banks are saying there's going to be a big financial problem coming here. They're betting with your money. Yeah. And that's why you need to be a good steward saying that the biggest money in the world is doing this. It might be a good idea to look into some gold and silver. Well, if we didn't have a radio and television and the Internet and all of a sudden you found out that people all up and down uh, the coast, uh, the east coast of Florida are putting uh, plywood over their windows, I- I'd be like, oh. There must be there must be a hurricane a coming. coming. That's why they're boarding up. And so when you see this type of movement and this type of purchasing of gold uh, by some of the largest entities on the planet, that that tells you they're they're preparing. They 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 have decided they they've discerned that there's a storm coming, and it's better to be safe than not. And so that's a, that's a big thing. That's why you bring that up all the time. Some of the biggest hedge fund managers. Some of the biggest names out there, some of the biggest investors, central banks. You got to watch what they're doing because generally they see the storms on the horizon before your average person. And so when and people and people ask me these questions all the time, and I know you, they end up calling you and talking to you is like, where do where do I get started? I don't know anything about it. Uh, it sounds like it makes sense, but I don't understand all the ins and outs of, of precious metals. What's the process generally for somebody that's trying to get educated? So we're, we're big on ABCs, just like we wrote that white paper, The Good and the Bad and Ugly. We have other pieces of literature that specifically explain gold and silver, and there's various different types, and it goes over those different types. And then, you know, the person will have questions, and then we interact with them and, and help them understand and educate them on the various different types, the benefits, the drawback, and the person gets to choose a, first of all, if they want to invest in gold and silver. B, if they want to do this with their IRA or 401k or over the counter. Or C, what kind of gold or silver would they want to invest in? So it's a full-blown, It's we. this is where we call it the financial blueprint. So yeah. just like you wouldn't build a home without a plan, don't invest without one either. So that's why you take care of your money now. It'll be there to take care of you. That's These right. are all our sayings and slogans. But we help people understand, and there's never pressure, no any uh, harboring people to hurry up and do this. Yeah. None of that nonsense. Educate you, and then you uh, pray about it, get educated, make a decision, Absolutely. and uh, respect the decision, which is how we should all be doing business, especially when we name the name of Christ for ourselves and claim that ambassadorship. So if people want to follow up on that, David, how do they do it? Just like the old-fashioned way, pick up the phone, give us a call, 844 604 2575. Again, the number 844-604-2575 or our website, landmarkgold.com. Awesome. As always, David, thanks so much. Stay right there. I'll pray with you when we finish up here on the radio, but uh, God willing, I'll talk to you guys again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.